Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Dragon Talk. This is coming off of uh, a lip sync session that Chili Mazenoble, my co-host, was just doing to a song by a recording artist known as Hall. Recording artists. And Oats. That's right. That's right. I'm pretty good, aren't I? You were making uh, everyone's dreams come true. I did. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. One ooh ooh at a time. That's good. This uh, that limb singing session was inspired by our guest today, yes, Mr. Matt Baum. Yes, I'm feeling very inspired. Um, the dungeon master for Queens of Adventure, a, uh, a drag queen performative D and D thing that has been going on only since last September yeah. 2017. He's only been DMing since yeah. then. I feel like I've been hearing about this for a long, long time, but it really like has been, been there. you know, ten months. It's yep. crazy. Uh, they just did a performance here in Seattle, which unfortunately both of us were terrible people and could not go to. But we're, after I had this conversation, going. we're going to go again. It Hell sounds or so high water, fun. I will be there. Yeah. Matt was great. Um, and uh, he's uh, super uh, appreciative about everything that Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition is doing. And uh, we love that he's building a community. To D&D 5th Edition. It's true. Because he just learned, well, came back into the hobby and just learned. The roles and started DMing. Exactly. In front of a live audience. His just, first DMing. Just like experience. you do when you start off. You know, you yeah. start off strong. You just go for it. Perform for everyone. Yeah. Just like that lip sync that uh, I'm going to post on no, the interwebs. No, I didn't perform for everyone. They were just performing for us. Yes. And the listeners on this podcast. Yes. <laughs> who can't see you. Who can't see me. <laughs> so lip syncing on a podcast is not a good idea. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> And it's so good. Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> Make my dreams come true. You can sing it. Oh, I'll you were just lip singing the ooze in the you. background. Yes. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with you Woo! in the world? I, be- I was out last week. I was yeah. not here. Did you remember that? Yes. I was so sad. What did you do in Seattle in my absence? Nothing. Just crying. Had a candlelight vigil. <laughs> When's Tito coming back? And here I am. I'm I back. saw your pictures from your vacation, and I was like, damn, they're still camping? I thought camping was something you did for, like, a weekend, maybe? We did eight days. Eight in days of camping. In a tent? In a Like, in the same area? Yes. Or did you go to different locations? No, stayed in the same place. Why are you camping for eight days? Because it was the best. It's like, it's like Dungeons & Dragons. You build up your camp, and then you go on adventures off of that camp. Just like in D&D. What, what kind of adventures? So we walked, we found a whole bunch of hiking trails and we found walking sticks and then we would just like walk and be fun and like, you know, be druids uh, or wizards uh, or, you know, warriors in the Where deep. Where were you? Just uh, Lake Wenatchee. Uh, so it was warm? Park. It was not warm. Oh, it's not warm. It was uh, about 60s all oh. the time and we'd get down to the 40s, 50s. In maybe. a tent? Yeah, maybe the 50s. How big is your tent? It's an eight-person tent, which is comfortable eight. for four people. Okay. Yeah. Do you have your own beds? We have uh, these little things called thermarests. Uh, they're like uh, uh, basically like an air mattress, but only about an inch inch thick. Oh my god! And they're awesome. Eight days though. Like, what if the weather sucks and you guys are just stuck in a tent? Um, well, that's why people go in the summer more because it doesn't suck as often. Are you uh, near your car or is yeah. it like we're it, We did car camping. Okay. Yeah, we, we basically used our car as a storage facility the oh, whole time. So we had, like kept our food in there because of bears. Yeah, You never bears. know bears are going to come. Oh. So you keep the food in there. They can't get in. Yeah, it was basically like a D&D adventure. 
okay. kids uh, were, were asking about playing D&D the whole time I was there. And I was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't pack in my dice. I couldn't do it. So we didn't You get couldn't bring your dice? I know. It was one thing I forgot. Tito. I should have. I know. I know. The kids are asking about it? They asked. They wanted to do it. Okay. Then, then you just need to keep saying no and then make them really want to do exactly. it. Exactly. That's what I keep doing. I keep doing. Um, speaking of things, this is going to be a terrible segue, uh, but Roll20 has been asked a whole bunch of times, why can't they build characters within the Roll20 framework? Right. Now you can. Really? They finally have been able to do it. It's called the Character Mancer. It's a step-by-step crea- character creation guide. Oh, no. In Roll20, so you can play all of your games that you've been playing on Roll20. You can build your character. You can build your own character, yeah. Um, You have to purchase the uh, Player's Handbook. I believe right now it is uh, $20. When you listen to this, it may not still be $20, but uh, it is uh, at the launch time ready to go for that that price. Yeah, pretty cool. I think it will go up to $30 uh, uh, when the launch is over, which is uh, on uh, July 5th. Cool. But it's cool stuff. Great character builder. I love it. And uh, now it's it's just folded into the Roll20 package, uh, which has tons of great DM tools for when you're playing online with your friends. Love it. Uh, Adventures Outlined is coming out. Has Quinn... Uh, I know he oh, devoured the, the old book. D&D... I mean, the coloring book. Uh, coloring book. And yeah. drew all of those. Is he excited about a new D&D coloring book? He's not really a colorer. No? No. Oh, man. But there's so much fun stuff I mean, he might look. At, he might enjoy looking at the pictures, and he'll want us to read him the words. But he's not, like, going to color. Really? He's just... Bring, bring him over, and the girls will learn him on the coloring. Because I will. Because those are uh, some formative times there. Maybe it'll come. but And he's also, like, extremely critical of art. Which I find interesting for a kid who doesn't really do art. No, that's a phase. Because Fiona was like that too, where she was like really uh, critical of her own art. She was like, I'm no good. I'm not as good no, as my big sister. Not a, Well, and now, anyone who grows up next to Edna I know. is going to have that because Edna actually is an artist. She's a good artist. But Fiona's getting some skills. But he's not critical of his own. He's critical of, of other mine. Oh. And I'm not a good artist, but I, you know he's very limited in his repertoire. So I'm like, let's add some new things to this. Do you want to learn how to draw sunshine? It's a circle with sticks, yellow sticks coming out of it. I can do that. And then yesterday I thought, like, let's do a tree. And I drew a tree, and he goes, that's not a very good tree. Wow. Like, we need to learn constructive criticism. Right? Yeah. You got to add on to that. Oh, I forget, Matt forgot his oh, water bottle. No. got to get him his water bottle back. Um, well, I think with this coloring book from Todd James yes. called Adventures Outlined, uh, which will be out in stores in August – um, I think he might uh, turn around there because right, there's we'll tons try. of fun stuff. You know, and maybe not for him, but for other people, uh, it's. I, I would even classify it as an adult what coloring book. I was gonna say. I it, thought it was more of an adult. It's definitely for book. kids. You know, okay. there's nothing nothing that that is untoward uh, right. for kids, but it is. Um, I, I think will be sold in the section of the adult coloring book section because it's just. It's just so cool. Yeah. Right? It's got that, like, cool factor to it, yeah. right? The artwork that Todd James uh, does. It's been on our offices for a long time. We've had a long-time uh, relationship with him. Uh, but I'm so glad other people get to see all yeah. of the stuff that he's been doing. Yeah. And Adam Lee, uh, one of our writers here, Love him. did amazing work doing short uh, snippets of text that goes along with the pictures that really bring it to life. So did Todd do all original art for this? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. All original, all new stuff, you know, with tons of D&D monsters uh, and, uh, and lore in it. It's good stuff. All right. Very cool. Yeah, check it out. I will. August 21st. Uh, and, of course, Waterdeep Dragon Heist uh, is the story that's coming out in September. It'll be in game stores September 9th, wide everywhere September 18th. It's an urban adventure. 
urban adventure. Where you can find out all about the city of Waterdeep and uh, delve into the intrigue that's going on at its heart, a massive search for gold dragons. The coins, the gold dragons, of course. Love it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dungeon of the Mad Mage coming soon after that. Uh, we also have fun endless quest books uh, yes, that are coming out exciting. by Matt Forbeck. Uh, there's four of them, uh, each about a different uh, character class, fighter, rogue, cleric, and wizard. They're basically like uh, choose-your-own-adventure books, except they're all very D&D-themed and have uh, tons of um, uh, lore and stuff within it. Uh, then don't forget Nolzor's Marvelous Pigments is coming out. Did you what? know about this? No. Paints. Gale Force 9 is making paints, oh. uh, which we're oh. really excited about. That's very cool. You've seen them uh, put out uh, miniatures that you yeah. would paint. Yes. Uh, but then you'd have to buy non-licensed paint. But now you can get the real paint, all of, everything that you need. Uh, and uh, if you pick up all of the war paints, you get exclusive minis with them, including a Minsk mini, an Owlbear miniature, uh, as well as a brush set uh, that comes with some no great stuff, way. too. Right, exactly. And then a Vault of Dragons is the new board game uh, that is Waterdeep-themed. Two to four players, you take on a role of a faction member and explore the underbelly of Waterdeep to find a hidden vault of gold. Uh, sounds super fun. Uh, John Paul from Gale Force 9 was showing this off during the stream of many eyes. I just love that people were uh, checking out a board game based on Waterdeep in the Yawning Portal on the set of Waterdeep during the stream of many eyes. So meta. Meta. So meta. Uh, you can get uh, Ravenloft. If you are a big fan of uh, all of the gothic fantasy that came with Ravenloft, check it out in the Neverwinter MMO. It module is out now on PC. It'll be on PS4 and Xbox One later. Uh, yeah, you go into the mists, the Vistani take you into uh, the uh, realm of Barovia to contend against Strahd and everything that's been going on in there. Uh, good stuff. Uh, PlayNeverWinter.com. It's a free MMO. And uh, get yourself up to the right level to start playing the new content in Ravenloft. And it's tons of fun. Warriors of Waterdeep is a mobile game that's out from Ludia. Uh, it is only available in Canada right now, but it'll be available everywhere very soon. It's free-to-play, turn-based uh, strategy RPG uh, for iOS and Android. Uh, it's good stuff. You get quests from uh, Laryl Silverhand. You can go to Mert the Moneylender. From, Mert. Yeah, right? Chris Lindsay there himself. Yes, I'll always have a soft spot for Mert. Exactly. Chris. Yeah. Um, you can uh, do that all in there, so check it out at warriorsofwaterdeep.com. Uh, I believe you can get more information there and sign up for doing it. Cool. As always, we've got tons of, fuss go- tons of stuff going on at twitch.tv slash dnd, including live recordings of this very podcast on Monday afternoons. So go check us out and or watch live recordings of us uh, or Mike Merle's doing some stuff during the ha- Mike Merle's Happy Fun Hour or Bart Carroll doing Dragon Plus on Tuesday afternoons or Dice Camera Action Live. Uh, as well as tons of other fun shows like Rivals of Waterdeep. Yes. Uh, Dark Destiny. Uh, la, la, la. What's it called? Dark, mm-hmm. da, da, da. Dark and Dicey. Oh, Dark and Dicey. Yeah, I know. We got too many D&D flavored uh, yeah. show titles. Uh, Maze Arcana. Girls Got Glory is coming back soon, uh, including uh, lots of other fun stuff as well. So I think that's all I want to talk about right now okay. before we get to our segment. What do you think about that, Yes. Shelley? All right. Well, let's segment it up with let's some bongs and some bangs. Woo! Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I am Greg Tito, and I am joined by Mr. Chris Perkins. Howdy. 
Today on Lore You Should Know, where we talk about little bits of Dungeons & Dragons lore that you can use uh, in your games, at your tables, or just to impress people uh, in conversation, uh, we are going to talk about little bits of lore that are present in our core rulebook, especially the Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, that we get questions from all the time. and uh, People now, just don't know they're there. Exactly, right. Yeah. So A, read uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide back to front again, uh, and then, but also we're going to point out a whole bunch of fun stuff that you may not uh, you may have missed uh, from in there. That's right. It's easy to forget, because um, these books are a few years old, what they contain. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, I know some DMs who haven't really even read the DMG yet or haven't gotten all the way through it. Right, so, or have used tables from it and not like gone and Exactly. And they've, sort of, they've sort of used pieces of it as their campaign has required, um, but they may not actually know all the juicy little bits that we tucked away in its sacrosanct pages. And there are some good ones. Indeed. So I thought I'd just call attention to a few of the little gems that are buried in here. And these are by no means exhaustive. I just, you know, thought they're kind of cool. Yeah. So if you're wondering how gods are sort of structured in the multiverse, um, chapter one of the DMG has a sidebar called Divine Rank, which divides gods up into categories. There are greater deities. There are lesser deities. And then there are quasi-deities, which include demigods, titans, and vestiges. Mm. And if you're ever wondering what the difference between a lesser god and a greater god is, or what a demigod is or a vestige is, this sidebar basically details all that information and tells you everything you need to know. For instance, greater deities can assume multiple different forms. Mm-hmm. Zeus would be one such being. But you can't fight them. Yeah. They are unfightable. They do not exist in a... They, well, they can manifest avatars which look real and are killable, that does not, fighting one does in no way hurt the god. Yeah, they're like, all right, well, I just won't use that form exactly. today. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, a, uh, and then there's, whereas a lesser god, you can actually kill a lesser god if they stand before you in their true form. They're not able to change. They can change forms. And okay. they, they can appear as different things. But if you if you actually walk up to Asmodeus sitting on his throne in the, on Nessus, the bottom layer of the Nine Hells, and you get into a fight with him and you actually beat him, he's dead. And you won't come back. Right. You just killed a lesser deity. Interesting. Yeah, very strange. Yeah. So okay. that's kind of cool. And vestiges and things. like I, you know, What I like about that sidebar is that it kind of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, second edition and other uh, parts of it were so strict about, you know, how many followers you needed for each, you know, category right. and things like yep. that. But that just gives you everything you need to know exactly. in a very succinct way. Yep. Uh, vestiges are deities who have lost nearly all their worshipers and are considered dead. From a mortal perspective, um, esoteric rituals can sometimes contact these beings and draw on their latent power. So you right. could have a warlock, for instance, who's basically drawing on the latent power of a vestige rather oh. than some other being. Yeah. So I that's like kind of that. cool. I like that. And maybe through your actions, breathe just enough life into the vestige to bring that god back from the dead. Dun, dun, dun. Which might be what the whole purpose of why, you know, you were doing it to you begin were doing with. at the beginning with. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I like tons of story there. Exactly. Uh, Another bit of little lore uh, tucked away in Chapter 1 of the DMG is there's a table that helps you convert um, all of of the sort of Asian, the Japanese, Chinese, Indian weapons over for your game. So if you want to run a campaign using katanas and naganatas and other bow sticks and other type weapons, that table helps you basically convert using the existing weapons from the... from the player's handbook. 
That's cool. So you want to know what how a katana is treated? Well, here it basically says it's the equivalent of a longsword. Nice. So there's that. Very handy. There's easy table. peasy. Yep. Uh, skipping ahead, a lot of people ask me questions uh, about, about when we're going to get to certain planar lore, not mm. realizing that there's actually some, there's a whole pile of information about the planes in Chapter 2 of the DMG. Right. Um, in Chapter 2 of the DMG, there's a whole section on telling you how planar portals work mm. and what you need to get through a planar portal, be it a key or whatever. So that's kind of cool, lost in there. That is um, cool, right? And that, that, that makes, uh, gets the idea of the multiverse kind of across. Being like, all right, here's how you can get from place exactly, to place. Right? Exactly. And it's all exactly. laid out in so, the core yeah. book. And if you, want, if you want more information on Sigil, that's also in this book. And if you want to know how the portals or doors in Sigil work, you go to the portal rules and sort of has you covered. I know. So we actually laid a lot of groundwork for Sigil in Chapter 2 of the DMG. Yeah, a lot of people are always like, when are you going to do Planescape? I'm like, well, yeah. we did. We did. It's in Chapter 2. Yeah, we haven't done all the factions and things yet, so some of the toys for Planescape haven't been done yet. But right. certainly as far as how the planes work and how you get around the planes, it's all covered in Chapter 2. It also talks about things like the border ethereal versus the deep ethereal and the difference between the two. Um, how you can basically, or how ghosts phase in and out of the border ethereal so that you can't see them anymore, mm. um, but still retain the ability to see what's happening in the mortal world and how you can use etherealness spells, basically, to travel to the border ethereal and still be just, you know, very, very close enough to our world that everything in our world seems kind of ghostly, but you can still see it. It's not that you get to the deep ethereal that you sort of lose your connection to the mortal world and can't see it anymore. Um, hmm. so, how, how could that be used by, by players then? It's just like as a way of like sneaking or, or, or exactly. spying? Yeah, exactly. If you, have a, if you have a magic item that allows you to enter the border ethereal, you can use it to move through solid objects as well as spy on people in the mortal plane. Night hags do this. Oh. Uh, that's how they sort of get around and into rooms unseen and how they sort of ride you in the middle of the night. They're doing it ethereally. So you can't detect them, but they can see you just fine. Interesting. Yeah, it's very, very strange. The border ethereal is something we talked a lot about with Curse of Strahd, too, because... Um, it's essentially yeah, missed. Exactly. Yeah. Another thing that's buried in Chapter 2 is a table that defines all the alignments of the outer planes. Mm. So if you want to know whether an outer plane is sort of lawful evil disposition or chaotic evil disposition, some of them are well known, like everybody knows. The Nine Hells is sort of the archetypal lawful evil domain. Right. Um, outer plane. And the Abyss is the archetypal chaotic evil outer plane, that kind of thing. But like chaotic good. What exactly. What's the chaotic good plane? Well, just look on the little table here, and hey, it's Arborea. That what used to be called the Happy Hunting Grounds, right? Yep. Right. So yeah, yeah. And uh, we have a whole bunch of things like rules for running games in Arbor- Arborea in here. Uh, there's also a bunch of inf- not a bunch of information. There's a little bit of information about demi planes and what demi planes are. We drop demi pl- we drop the word demi plane a lot in our adventures, and we don't talk about it. Um, on the assumption that you can go to the DMG and actually figure out what a demiplane is. Right. Um, but most people don't make that leap, and so it's like, oh, yeah, exactly. it's all right there. Yeah. Talk about making leaps. Uh, in the magic items section of this book, it tells you what happens when you throw a portable hole into a bag of holding and vice versa. One of the most uh, uh, you know, common questions in Dungeons exactly. & Dragons lore. And it's, it's right in the bag of holding and portable hole descriptions, and it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, chances are good you'll end up in the astral plane and probably have to be rescued by a Gith Yankee sail barge or something. 
I, I like all those things. Yep. Those, yep. Are, those are good outcomes to have. Happen. Exactly. Yeah, so that information is buried in here. A lot of people don't know that. In Chapter 5 of the DMG is a table that has a tavern name generator. I love that. Yes. I love all of uh, tables. In fact, there was one book. Uh, it was called the DM's Toolbox, which was basically a you know a 400-page book of tables uh, that I just loved. Yep. Because if you ever were stuck for anything like that, and I love that the DMG. And then, you know, Xanthar's Guide has a bunch of uh, of tables like that as well that just kind of exactly. feel like, oh, yep. you can always just get into something. And we have a city-based adventure coming out soon. And, uh, um, you know, if you want things like tavern names or you want a random urban encounters table already in the DMG. Ready to go. Anywhere else. Um, And then I think I had one more tag here. Oh, yeah, I was just flagging this because this is one of my favorite parts of the DMG, and I don't think a lot of people know it's here, and that is Marks of Prestige, Mm. an alternative series of rewards to gold and magic items. How do those work? I don't think I know that either. Yeah, so this section of the book, which is a meaty section of the book, talks about Letter, getting letters of recommendation, getting medals, parcels of land, special favors from NPCs, which you can cash in later, special rights, titles, strongholds, training that you can get as a reward, mm. and um, uh, epic boons, which are high-powerful things available only to 20th-level characters. But the most interesting thing to me are these alternative, uh, uh, like, practical sort of um, yeah, because they're things you can't really get anywhere else. Exactly. Right? Yes. And these are DM fiat. DM gives out these out whenever it wants. But I think a lot of DMs forget that there are alternative rewards to just handing out gold for yeah. completing missions. In most cases, NPCs don't wouldn't have a lot of disposable gold just to give away in the world. And but if they, they did, that would be the last thing they would they wanted to give away because right. that's the whole reason they're kings. Or, exactly. Or their, their gold is their power base and they needed to pay, you know, for any a number of things, yeah. but they can give away a special favor or give you a letter of recommendation that gives you an audience with somebody even more important than them. And those types of rewards can help fuel stories and push your stories forth. Yeah. So in we try in many of our published adventures to basically drop these every once in a while so that you're not just getting gold for things. You are getting these alternatives. But in case you're wondering where that comes from, it's all, all that inspiration is out of here. Nice. It, this is one of my favorite sections of the book to read over. Because it's sort just of get in, reminded of yeah, some fun stuff. Yeah, essentially. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I love that uh, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. Uh, and we, you guys have already talked about this uh, since we've been introducing the story. Yeah. Uh, that one of the rewards that you get uh, is is property within yes. Waterdeep. That's right. You get a parcel of land and a building in Waterdeep to call your own and do with what you will. And I know one of the best things I'm looking forward to once this just, once the game comes out, once the adventure comes out, is just hearing about what people do with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, do they fix it up? Yeah. Do they make it a gaming hall? Do they do they exactly? You know, do yeah. They, do, what, what kind of business do they turn it into? Right. Yeah. yeah. If they turn it into a business at all, they might yeah. turn it into a little guild hall. Maybe it's a little clubhouse. Know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or like it's it is the 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 area where we play our weekly sessions <laughs> is the same thing that we got. That's so meta. I know. I love I that. Know. Uh, yeah, but it is a perfect example of one of the alternate rewards that's talked about in here. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking us through uh, some of the fun tidbits that yeah. are in uh, the DMG. And I we got know. stuff buried all over the core rule books. Um, in many cases, foreshadowing things yet to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I remember when I read uh, the Monster Manual uh, entry on Giants, 
And I was like, wow, they're really talking about this ordning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they doing that? Why are they going so much into this ordning? Yeah. If we go into anything in any great detail, it's probably because we had a plan or have a plan yeah. to use it in the future. We did this. We put a, a sidebar about Strahd in the Monster Manual, too. That was another thing I was going to Not without check. reason. Yeah, because so, you knew in the back of your head that you were going to So all, all the secrets month. of our future product schedule are hidden <laughs> in here or in the other two core rule books. So have at it. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Send uh, me your theories. James Gunn uh, saying there's Easter eggs in, uh, in the, in the yes. first Guardians of the Galaxy movie right. still. Yeah. There's one still of, Easter eggs in one here one that one no one the, has found. I know. One of the biggest chapters in the Player's Handbook is the is the creating a multiverse chapter. Yeah. So that's all you need right there. I mean, who knows? Maybe we're creating a multiverse one Maybe. day. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Chris. Uh, if people uh, want to get in touch with you and ask you more tidbits that are hidden in these gems of uh, the core rule books, how can they do so? I reside on the plane of Bytopia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you can get me on Twitter at Chris Perkins DND. Excellent. Uh, thank you, and we'll be back uh, with another lore you should know uh, next week. That was a very good uh, segment. So uh, good. I feel like I know a lot more uh, about all the things, but what I really want to know more about is Dungeons and Drag Queens. That's what I want to know more about. I do, too. I've been dying for this. This is something we've been talking about, I think, in the office for a very long time. Yes. Jeremy Crawford uh, has talked about it a bunch of times, uh, as well as uh, spoken with our guest ahead of time. So I'm, uh, I think I know everything I want to know. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk to Matt. Kelly here, and we've got Mr. Matt Baum. Hello. Hi. Hello, Thanks so much Matt. for having me. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. We are uh, excited to talk to you because uh, you have awesome, fun stuff going on. And I missed your show. I missed uh, Queens of Adventure performing live in Seattle. Uh, gosh, what was that? A week ago? Two weeks ago? It feels like forever. Yeah, I think it was like literally a week and a few days. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, there'll be more. Don't worry. How did it go? Was it fun? It was great. It was great. Yeah. So the show is Queens of Adventure. Uh, we have drag queens playing Dungeons and Dragons uh, for a live audience. Best thing uh, ever. It is amazing. They are fantastic. Turns out drag queens really good at D&D. They've got all the performance qualities that yeah. they need, right? Singing, dancing, and rolling yep. dice. Yep. And, they, and, you know, and what we discovered is... <laughs> rolling that, dice. Yeah. Every good drag show Triple involves threat. lots of rolling dice. <laughs> well, that was one of the big challenges when we were doing the show is we were talking to venues about, like, oh, we want to do this show where drag queens play D&D. And they're like, oh, okay, here are all the performance, you know, venue information. No, wait, really? Was the response really, okay... Or was it like, wait, what do you want to do? There was like, there was a lot of what and like, well, I mean, mostly it was venues saying like, um, oh yeah, sure, of course, we understand, it's a drag show. And we're like, no, 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 but like, what sort of facilities do you have for rolling dice? And that's when the conversations got confused. <laughs> They're like, we know how to do drag. That's right. easy, but now easy you're peasy. Throwing in the dice, yeah. and now it feels weird. That's yeah. a different thing. Yeah, it's a whole different animal. Uh, it is right because you need the cameras to do the point down things, and mm-hmm. and, and having a a table that is. Made for performing of Dungeons and Dragons on a stage is not a simple thing. Well, we've uh, tried a lot of different arrangements. So we have uh, drag queens at the live shows. We have them sitting on stools. They have these specially made music stands in front of them that oh, have trays. Yeah. So because the the shows involve a lot of getting up and, and down. It's not just straight D and D, and it's not just straight drag. So there's a little uh, bit of lip sync, a little bit of dice roll, a little bit of improv, a little bit of games. A little bit of lip- yeah. Oh, of course, of course. There's lip syncs. We've got drag queens. Why wouldn't we have them lip sync? Oh my god, I love this so much. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. This it's pretty is the amazing. Best thing ever. Okay. Uh, there's so many, so many questions. There are so many questions. But let's go back to the beginning. Yes. Let's go back yes, to yes. when did you did you start playing D anD D? Is it recent? Is it late? Is it when yeah, you were a kid? I, is it true? 
that your first time DMing was on stage? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Yeah, my first time as DM was on stage for 100 people. <laughs> so no pressure whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, my Easy God. Yeah. yeah. My very first, like, uh, tabletop experience was probably when I was, like, 11, and it didn't go so great. So, like, I had a friend who... Um, was like let's get into the, let's get into D anD D and um, literally our, it was like an hour of him just like reading the manual silently to himself and like, <laughs> this isn't oh. so fun. Um, so oh. <laughs> it was just the two of you. It was just the two of us. Yeah, silently. I don't think we knew exactly what we were doing or what we were getting into. Yeah, but that was before you know streaming and watching people play is such a large part of the of the community now. And like that's what we hear time and again is that people once they saw it occurring, you're like, oh, that's, I get it now. That's yeah. what I yeah. needed. That was the missing yeah. piece. So I totally uh, uh, sympathize with the, let's just sit and read these books and oh. figure something out. <laughs> so that I came back to it, like, many years later. Um, for, like, a long time, my partner James and I have been talking about, like, it was just a joke at first, like, Dungeons and Drag Queens, wouldn't that be funny? Um, and then when 5th edition came out, we were noticing, like, this really seemed to hit with, like, streamers and podcasts and stuff. Yeah. Um, this is really, like, there's something very performative about this. And at the time, we were living in L.A., and we had, we were very lucky to have a group of uh, queer nerds around us who were very into role-playing games, and I was also working with a lot of drag queens. Um, Doing what? So uh, I I work for um, a bunch of LGBT news outlets, so I write for The Advocate and Rolling Stone and NPR and uh, Vice Magazine, and um, I also photograph drag shows a lot, so I just go out, like, 11 p.m. is roughly when my workday starts. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, I go out with the camera to whatever drag show and hope that I'm not going to get splattered with fake blood or whatever gag they have in their act right right uh, this is a new, so so uh, uh i've you know i like many folks i've watched some some rupaul drag race mm-hmm. and that kind of was my first uh glimpse into this whole world but then someone else showed me something which hasn't been represented as much on that show which was um and it was in the la scene it's like monster drag yeah and that was the what? first time i was like oh of course D and drag these communities kind of uh, uh, you know it got married in my head then yes right so yes. what is what is monster drag for people like Shelly who doesn't yeah. you know it is fantastic so um, there's this show called Dragula that is sort of um, drag race but scary uh, and so one of our queens in the San Francisco cast uh, Erica Clash was on Dragula and so it's basically just um, well dr- drag but weird uh, <laughs> so um, if you can imagine like one one of the things, one of the ways that D and D and drag overlap in a very fun way is uh, that there's different sort of um, classes of drag. So you know your 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 drag class can be oh, pageant, or it can be comedy, or it can be monster, or uh, there's there's all these different types of like sub subgenres. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for example, Erica Clash, who's in our San Francisco cast, um, she does this sort of like um, her makeup. Uh, she does this great thing where her mouth. Uh, is drawn on in a way that extends all the way down to her neck, so it looks like she's got this giant gaping maw oh of gosh. teeth uh, that takes up her entire head. And Arsa Nikki, who's in our um, Seattle cast, is uh, she does a lot of very um, what am I looking at kind of drag. Mm. So she was in a ball here um, a few years ago where she, literally the category that she was in was what is it? Oh. So like, every time <laughs> they announce the category, they're like, and coming up next. What is it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would be my category. That's a pretty good category. Yeah, every time I try to actually do like, like a smoky eye or something, mm-hmm. I would totally be in the what is it category. <laughs> yeah. It's neither smoky nor an eye. Nope. 
It looks like charcoal. (laughs) (laughs) Lean in, make it work, go with it. Yeah, Yeah, that's the character. Yeah. But some of the monster drag that I've seen is like very, like it leans into horror tropes, right? Where there's very much, uh, uh, like like you said, like fake blood or Mm -hmm. like, you know, a a person is actually like a python or something like that. Like doing things that you're like, whoa, that's amazing. But then they also sing and and or dance uh, in character as the monster, which I also, that made me very. Very, very, very laugh a lot because it's good stuff. Yeah, you saw this? I saw a uh, a show, and I'm forgetting the name oh. of it, but it had had boys in the title. I think it was some kind of like uh, I forget what it was, but it was it was uh, a friend of mine who turned us on to it after we were watching some RuPaul Drag Race. She's like, "Oh, you got to check this out. This is really, really interesting, crazy stuff." And uh, it was. It, it was. was. It really was. And I and I was like, oh gosh, now I now I want to see like Beholder mm-hmm. <laughs> drag, yeah. and more Dragonborn, like all kinds of Dragonborn crazy stuff drag. would be really good. Well, that's we've really um, tried to incorporate uh, into Queens of Adventure like a lot of that kind of stuff. So like we've got a uh, tiefling alchemist, and she whenever we do the live shows, she's got the horns and uh, she's got a tail, and uh, so yeah, we want to you know definitely marry those two that those those two Venn diagram circles of drag and D and D. Yeah, uh, it turns out like you could just like push them all the way together, so they're just one circle. I love that. <laughs> the diagram becomes becomes yeah. a circle. Yeah. Just a circle. So how did this? So how did the the first okay. Queens of Adventure start. How did yeah? So we um, so we were living in LA, and then um, we're just trying like kicking this idea around. Like, how can we make this work? We want to make sure that like performers get paid. So like, it's not just like, hey, would you do this fun thing for free? Because uh, you know, drag queens are professional working artists. Right. Um, and so, a lot of supplies, a lot, yeah, of, a lot of things yeah. that go into making yeah. all the stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we we're like, oh, should it be like a, a web video thing or a podcast or a live show or what should it be? Uh, and then when um, we moved to Seattle. Um, that's when things started to crystallize for us because we were um, listening to a lot of The Adventure Zone, which really helped me understand, oh, okay, here's how this can be right. a, a show. Um, and then I was very fortunate here to meet a lot of drag queens who were um, – I think the Seattle drag scene is very um, experimental in like the most literal sense of like it's a laboratory. Like people are trying stuff and like, I don't know if that would work. Let's see what happens. Right. Uh, so, you know, I was very lucky to meet Arsenicki, Freya Love, Butelino Kippel, Harlot Oscara. Uh, That's the best name, by the, the way. <laughs> Harlot oh, Oscara. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Harlot, in fact, uh, has been playing D&D forever. She had the Dungeons & Drag Queens uh, Instagram handle before we even started talking. Oh, oh nice. Really? Yeah, so she's this. like, I'm ready to go. Yeah. This, yeah. this oh, is yes. what I've been waiting for. Oh, yes. <laughs> I knew if I yeah. built it, they would come. Yeah. <laughs> and so finally, like, I was like, okay, we've been talking about this forever. Can we just, like, give this a shot and see what happens? Right. And so it was during PAX West in 2017 that we're like, let's just do a live show. It's not that long ago. Yeah, yeah, at, at Kremwork. Uh, or no, it was a Timber Room uh, here in Seattle. Let's just see what happens. Um, and we took a few months to work out the logistics uh, and took a few months for me to be like, okay, uh, I wasn't into D&D when I was 11. Let me try it again. Yeah. Uh, and as the DM. As the t- yeah, I know. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. Um, also because I was traveling at the time all last summer uh, I was working in Europe like literally going like one week to the next from one city to another covering Pride all through the summer in Europe oh cool so I was traveling and literally I was like I have this vivid memory when I was in Barcelona 2am at outside the Barcelona uh, train station, which I didn't realize like closes and locks at night, so you can't go in. Like it's not a twenty-four hour train station. <laughs> so I get there and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm waiting for like six hours in the dark in the middle of the city. So like, just sit down with my luggage surrounding me, like reading the the DM guide, like just flipping through. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> wow. Try to get up to speed. 
And uh, Barcelona kind of looks like a fantasy city, I would imagine, you know, even at night. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I forget the architect's name, but there's that, like, very uh, distinctive architecture Gabby. of, like, yes, yeah. yes. Like, it the looks weird, like melting sand. Yeah, yeah. All the tiles and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's this very otherworldly it landscape. Is. Very. That would be very inspiring. Yeah. It was, just crack this good, book open. Good place and for, learn for all, all you new uh, aspiring DMs. Right. Yeah. Go to the good train station Barcelona. 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 Easy peasy. <laughs> I've said that, like, four times. So <laughs> <laughs> Everything is easy peasy. It's uh, very, you're very, just coming off vacation, so true. you're still in that like ah, st- zen mode. It is true. And on, on, when you're camping, it's always like, oh, yeah, no problem. If we'll, it, things get done. We'll figure it out. We'll make a fire no matter how we can. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in that mode. You're wow. right. You're totally right. Easy peasy mode. Easy peasy modes. So when you conceived of the idea, was it always with you as the DM or was it that you, you didn't? have another option? No. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, like, I, I, you know, and I also had a very unfair advantage in that my partner, James, is, um, he's worked in the games industry for a long time. He's been playing D&D forever. Uh, he did, like, uh, as, as a kid, he was playing uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons and, like, incorporated RuPaul into his game when he was young. And so, like... Oh, really? Yeah. How yeah. do you do that? I, I don't know. I, like, I think he just had RuPaul as, like, um, an NPC at one point. That's oh, pretty cool. Uh, we need to stat up RuPaul. <laughs> How, how have we not? I don't know, but that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So he was helping me learn, like, furiously, like, remotely. Like, okay, read this chapter. He and... didn't want to be the DM? Did well, you ask him? Well, so, you know, he's very he's very much the background guy who's, like, presses the buttons and pulls the levers. And he writes all the adventures. Oh, cool. And so I'm the kind of the of, of the two of us on, oh, the, on yeah, camera. No, I'm realizing on the doc there were two names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, he's the other one. Yeah, so he's the he's the brains behind the outfit, and I just look nice. No, uh, I just <laughs> I'm just a pretty face. Yeah, I'm just a face. That's how Greg and I are. It's true. He's the brains behind everything. I thought I was the face. <laughs> Damn it! I want to be the face. <laughs> All right. You fine. always get to be the face. Fine, you can do it. Go for it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah so, so then he gave you some some pointers. Then you're yeah. like, all right, now I, I got to. I, I did I a lot of play testing just to figure stuff out. And the thing that really crystallized it for me was Fandolin. Like reading Lost Minds of Fandelver, oh. I was like, okay, rules are, I get them here. They're a little streamlined. Pre-generated characters, I get it. There's, there's a very like, it's basically a great tutorial for learning. And I was like, okay, now I think I feel ready in hindsight, I super was not, but I, I felt better, ready. better, though. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to go up on stage. Yeah, as long as you mm-hmm. feel ready. That's, you know, that's really it. Like, you know, uh, Jeremy Crawford always talks about, like, if you're having fun, then you're following the rules. Right. And that's super, like, how it felt when we did that first live show. We, looking back, I'm like, oh, I'm breaking all the rules yeah. here, but and we're that, having fun. Like, you have to. Like, I've only had a couple experiences DMing, and one was horrible, <laughs> no and the happens. other one was better. But uh, not not great, but better. Mm-hmm. But the first one, I, I didn't feel ready at all, and it was sort of like self-sabotaging. Like right. I went into it, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, God, this is going to be a disaster. But I also believed I had to know everything. Yeah, yeah. And then the second time, I was like, I don't know, but I'm the DM, and mm-hmm. I can just make, make it up if I don't know. And then it was like way free, more freeing, and it was way better. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it is all about just how you perceive it. In drag and in D and D, just believe in yourself. And there you go. It's there actually, it's, 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 it's in life positive. too. Just yeah. make it, make it to your fake, fake it till you make it. Till you make it. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. So was it when you were DMing? This is like there's there's DMing around the table, and then there's DMing in front of an audience. Uh-huh. Yeah. So did you do any like did you watch? Any live streams? Is it is it different for you, or, or do you DM? Is this the only time you DM? Uh, no, well, so I've done like little practice sessions and like games with friends and things since then. Um, and yeah, it's super different. Um, so we have 
the live shows, and we also have a podcast, a Queens of Adventure podcast, which is all is super different from the live shows. Yeah. yeah. Say which cast is in the podcast then? Is it the it's, Seattle cast? Uh, the- oh yeah, so it's the Seattle cast, and then the San Francisco shows, and we also did a show in LA. Um, those are uh, peppered into the feed as bonus episodes. That oh, cool. uh, so we did a Kickstarter uh, for the podcast, and uh, you can be supported on Patreon. So backers get some some of the bonus episodes, live shows as bonus episodes. Nice. Yeah. Um, so it's the San Francisco, um, San Francisco's bonus episode. Seattle is the um, podcast cast. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so they come over and we play D&D for a little while and, and record. But what we found is like with the live shows, we're very intent, uh, intentional about giving them reasons to get up and move around yeah. and, and do stuff. So when – is it James? Is that, yeah. Okay, so when James writes the adventures, is he – it's kind of almost like writing a play. Like there's oh, yeah. blocking or things that you have to – yeah, it's key moments when they are getting up and exactly, and you know, and of course we can't like railroad, and we can't be like, okay, well, this is the moment when they have their climactic revelation, at, you know. So <laughs> and here's we, the dance number that we've choreographed <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. That looks yeah. spontaneous. So we just have, you know, we have lip syncs planned in. We have some like um, challenges planned in, like you know, little. Sometimes it's a little game like a ring toss, or sometimes it's a game where uh, we gave them some. Um, uh, ad- adult novelties and had them do a puppet show with them. Nice. Uh, so uh, and I'm trying to. Th- oh, there's like a, a drawing challenge where like you have 60 seconds to draw someone in the audience with lipstick. Uh, and oh, that's we, awesome. We brought out an inflatable kiddie pool full of props and like okay, you have 60 seconds to put together a look and do a runway. And these are all incorporated into the D and D. So like okay, you're in this um, dungeon and you have to um, impress the gods of this dungeon by doing this catwalk down a narrow plank and if you if your look isn't good you'll be f- you'll thrown off into the pit oh my god uh, okay so they end up almost the, 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 the games and the lip syncs too to some extent become almost like an RNG type thing like the random number generator yeah yeah there's they're definitely it's not just like stop everything to a lip sync yeah. Um, the lip sync is a part of the combat that they're in. Oh, yeah. Um, and so for the podcast, you know, we can't do, like, physical challenges quite the same way. But it also gives us the opportunity to do things that, you know, the live show is two hours. And then we have two hours to do an entire adventure. Uh, so with the podcast, we can spend more time and have, like, an more ongoing thing. More character moments. World. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. The character stuff. And yeah. they don't know what's happening oh, in no. the live game. So they don't know <laughs> what their challenges are going to be. They have no idea what they're walking into. We've told them to lip sync, like, the songs ahead of time. Like, okay, you're going to – what was – we've done um, – uh, we haven't done uh, holding out for a hero, but like we're we're oh. saving that for when we're really oh my God. Uh, when we're going to need it. But um, yeah, so we tell them like what songs they're going to be doing, uh, but they don't know anything else. And sometimes we'll throw in like, and there's going to be a surprise lip sync that you're just not going to know. So uh, be ready for that. Oh man, nice. yeah. that's got to be so good. So it's almost like you know you kind of melded uh, uh, kind of the drag race. Uh, game show feel mm-hmm. with a Dungeons and Dragons game, and yeah. then each of them having their own character that they've, you know, been creating for these streams as well, too. Exactly, it's kind yeah. of ingenious. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, well, you know, and that's when we invited them to be a part of the show. Um, f- at first, the drag queens were like, "Wait, what?" Uh, yeah, you know. that was one of my questions too. <laughs> How that, did you get this cast? Um, so uh, I'm, I'm super fortunate to uh, know a lot of folks who do like. Um, performance here in Seattle. Uh, There's just an amazing theater scene here. Uh, And so in my photography, like, it started off with me just going to shows and photographing them. Uh, And then I got to know the queens. And then I was like, okay, we want to do the show who are good people who like comedy queens who can be on a mic and make stuff up. But are also kind of nerds so that they, you know, can get into the, like, the reality of it, not be just like, oh, this is dumb, this is lame, I'm making fun of it. 
Um, yeah, because that would kill it. I think it would. Yeah. If, if there is even just a hint of, I mean, some you know, you can make fun of it a little bit, but like, it, yeah, I think that would be a little bit deflating to be like, oh, I, yeah. like, I like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's fun when you laugh with it, not at it. Exactly. Yeah. So we were super lucky to find. Um, I think it started with Harlot Oscara because um, she is just like a known. She's been playing for a long big, time. Yeah, right? gamer. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, she's a costume designer. And the way that she learned to be a costume designer as a kid was she was drawing uh, the characters uh, in her like of her friends, and she would just draw their armor and costumes and everything. Uh, and now she makes costumes for a living. That that's is amazing. super yeah. cool, right? Yeah. And that's how a lot of the artists that work on Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. you know, get started or at least hone their craft is by you know drawing things to the table and things like that. Yep. Next time we do a live event and need costumes. Should call Harlot. 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 Yeah. We, and then others. Others. This D and D musical idea. Oh my right god! Now. It's every week. <laughs> there's like a new development. <laughs> I, I want. I want to hear everything about this because I've been listening on uh, Dragon Talk. Like, okay, yes, please do that. Please do that. Yes. Please do that. We have to. It won't be long. I don't think it'll be like a, it might like five or six songs at the mm-hmm. most. Just get like a one and act holding musical. Holding out for a hero has to be holding I mean, out for a hero. <laughs> I mean, we're just gonna have to get the rights. But other than that, <laughs> we'll track them down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do a parody of it and then done and done. It's furious. I can do that. Yeah. I Perfect. can do that. You can do that. I'm a good rhymer. <laughs> <laughs> People know from the last episode that you are oh, very yeah. good at rhyming. Not under pressure. I mean, <laughs> but give me some time and I will I will come up with it. How's Casual your rhymer? Casual rhymer. Yeah. yeah. How's your lip syncing for songs that aren't hollow notes? I lip sync all the time. Nice. I do. Because I'm not a good singer. So I, I am sparing humanity from actually hearing <laughs> the sound, but I love to lip sync. The sound of your voice that yes. uh, only you know millions of people listen to every uh, week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I always assume that Ryan just like filtered it somehow, and like I either sound I either sound like a monster, like that's what. People that's, hear. that's what you hear when, when <laughs> your voice comes out of your mouth. You're like, oh, it sounds like a monster every single time. Yeah. Yeah, so monster drag might be perfect, too. That would actually be Between good. The smoky eye, the lip syncs. Yeah, yeah. I can do my own makeup for monster yep. drag. <laughs> yeah, I, nice. Everyone has a little bit of a drag queen in them waiting oh, to come out. I wish I had more, to be honest. I am just, I'm just enamored with that community. <laughs> good. Good, good. It is super fun. Uh, yeah. It, you know, and so creative and, like, the, the, the performers that we have are so, like, they're just giving 100. They're just going for it. So were they D&D players other than Harlot? No. So they all learned recently too? They literally, Freya came into it. She was like, oh, okay, this is going to just be your standard drag show. And, um, you know, I'm going to pick out a song and do a lip sync to it. And that's the end. And, like, literally came to the show was expecting that. And we're like, here's your binder. <laughs> oh, no. She came to Here's the all your show. Spells. Yeah, well, you know, we had a little meeting beforehand for everybody to play. And I think that's when she realized, like, Oh, this is something different. <laughs> this is not what I thought it was going to be. But she literally, I like, I went to her and was like, "Would you do this?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." And afterwards, she was like, "I just said yes to a gig." I, g- oh, <laughs> I, I didn't know. <laughs> and is she in it now? Like, she does is, she love it? She is amazing. She is our wild card. She is the one who, like, you know, you know, we're designing the adventures, and we're like, okay, well, Frey isn't going to remember this one little detail from like five episodes ago, and she, you know, immediately she'll be like, you know, this reminds me. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> she'll do stuff like, you know, she was unconscious at one part in the adventure. And I'm like, OK, your eyes flutter and open. And what do you do? And she's like, I'm going to look around and see if there's any 
drag material that I can just get on my body because, like, all of her drag had been washed away. She's like, all right, I'm going to just go through this closet. And, like, immediately she is, like, describing all of the, like, stuff that, like, the seaweed. And I'm going to fashion, uh, like, a top for myself out of an octopus. And she's, she's <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, my God. She, immediately she has no idea exactly what's coming, but she's like, I, I'm she's just open. reacting. And yeah. I need to look good for, for yes. whatever's coming up next. Very important. Very important. <laughs> yes, that's the number one rule of... Of drag queen D and D. That's true. So, so. But how do you look? Wait. So I, I guess I didn't. Mi- I missed this part, and I would have. If I, I apologize again for not seeing the show because I would have known this ahead of time. But are the characters in the fantasy also drag queens? Um, so we have a world where um, there is where 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 drag is a thing, but it's been kind of um, it's our heroes. Are the are, are sort of like carrying the mantle of drag for now in the adventure. Um, there's not, you know, they haven't encountered other drag queens. What they've encountered are um, uh, figures of lost drag houses. Uh, oh. So there was a character in the first adventure, uh, oh. Edith Edith uh, Wunderbred. Uh, ah. There's another one named Trixie Labouche in our second adventure. Uh, and these are long lost queens uh, who uh, relics of their houses uh, are turning up, and they're very powerful relics. Uh, and so our heroes are on this mission to uh, obtain them, track them down, and find out the secret of them, uh, and also to get booked for gigs and not die of exposure, and uh, you know have have their have their treasure seeking adventures that you need in a in a D and D experience, right? But it's about finding the lost secret of drag a little bit. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Right now in the podcast, they've washed up on an island at, that they were going to to find. They've washed up on Fire Island, uh, <laughs> volcanic <laughs> island. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's it's underneath a, a very long island. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good right. One, Tito. <laughs> I've been to Fire Island. I know. You know. Oh, okay. Oh. So you know. Uh, yeah. So there. You know. We've got like um, in the live show. They were just on a beach where they uh, like had to find this temple that was in the shrubs of cruising. Uh, and so they're uh, going on these adventures and looking for this, like, lost treasure, and they've got to find the scepter that's a key to opening the vault. And so we've worked in a lot of, like, lore. And this is what the podcast has allowed us to do is, like, the live shows are fun one-shots. Uh, and yeah. the podcast is, like, an ongoing thing in a world that keeps getting bigger and bigger oh, and bigger. Cool. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I love that. That uh, and this again. This is just I didn't know of it, but I loved how the the meta nature of both the performers as themselves and as the characters yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, the strength of that community and the power of that community is also like working together like as part of the story. I love that so much. Yeah, I, you know that's it's a really integral part of it is um, the feel of community. Yeah. Like we're all in this together. We're all doing our thing. This is something that Butylene, uh said when uh, we were talking about just like why do this show. She was like, you know, when you're putting together a drag show because Butylene and Harlot are real life partners and they do a show called Family Meal. Mm. And so when they do the show, um, they're like, we want to make sure that everybody brings something different and they all augment each other and people fill in the gaps that other people have. Uh, and I'm like, are you just describing a party? Like, that's yeah. D&D. That's, that's how you put D&D together a party. Right yeah. yeah. So none of the other ones had played D&D other than Harlot? No, no. So they, we had like a little preliminary meeting and we bring out the binders and we, we just ran the beginning of, um, uh, of Fandelver. And, okay. uh, you know, we have a little goblin encounter. And immediately I was like, okay, this group is going to be fun because uh, like Butylene at one point, uh, was saying like, okay, I'm going to use my uh, potion of uh, truth telling to get this goblin to tell us like what they're after, and I'm like, okay, so you're going to I'm like starting to narrate it and, and figure out the role, and I'm like, do you have a potion of truth telling? Oh, and she's like, no, but my character lies a lot. 
So, <laughs> not to the DM, but right. okay, I'll give you a point of inspiration for that. So here you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So immediately they were like making stuff up and, uh, you know, they got like, okay, this yeah. is just a story that we're telling. So did they know each other? I mean, other than the, the yeah. tar- Harlot and her partner. Yeah, they, so Harlan and Eudeline are a couple, okay. but then they've all worked together. Seattle okay. drag scene is, like, really nice, and um, people work together a lot, not having been said. There are also, like I was saying, there's, like, drag houses where, like, families and cliques form, and, like, there's sort of rivalries between drag houses. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's very, um, I mean, it, you know. Is it like Hufflepuff like and Slytherin? And, very and much. Nice. Well, yeah, and yeah. Like a Castle and, right there. Yeah. Yep, yep. And there's also, you know, um, Comparable to, to like D and D elements, there's um, you know clerics in the drag community. There's the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. Do you know this group? Yes, no. I've heard of them. They're um, yeah, so they're basically like drag nuns, and they have like uh, makeup, and they have like full like um, outfits, uh, habits, uh, and they are sort of the clerics of the queer I'm community. Feeling like Do this they, is they our come musical in to like, heal. Like is yeah, that, yeah, yeah, they come like I mean they have a lot of like different jobs, but like they do like uh, education and outreach, but also like if there's some trauma in the community, for example, there was um, some some crime when I lived in San Francisco. There was some crime that was going on, and so they would have these like cleansing ceremonies uh, where they would gather and they would like have a little ritual and they would say some words, and the community would like have an opportunity to have sort of an emotional cleansing of, you know, whatever community trauma was happening. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Now we need some paladins. and <laughs> Yeah, gosh, who are the, like, I'm trying to think of now of, like, who are the, the, like, classes that map onto the gay community? Right, exactly. Did you, did, did you give them all characters to play, or did they make characters? It was collaborative. So yeah. basically what we do when we go to any of the drag queens that we're working with is we start with just who are your favorite fictional characters? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so a lot of them will choose like Chun-Li, for example, or Bayonetta. Or, like they'll talk about like video game characters who are exciting to them. Um, you know, it's, it's very frequently like strong uh, women who like drag queens are, are really inspired by. Um, and so then we'll work with them and be like, OK, so you like magic characters or like you like brawling or like Pollo Del Mar, who's um, in our San Francisco cast, is also a professional wrestler. Chicken of the Sea? Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is a uh, L.A. story joke, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, Steve Martin's oh, L.A. story. They I go to a resort right. called Polio Del Mar. Yeah, I think you're right. It was one of those mm. stupid throwaway jokes yep. in, a, in a silly movie, but that's I love it. That's Drag always brings those out. And they're like, exactly. oh, here's yeah. one little phrase that you might have remembered from something 30 years ago. And like, yeah. oh, we'll make a name about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. So, well, so Polio, is, uh, she's a professional wrestler in addition to being a drag queen. Oh. Uh, so, of course. A lot of D&D in the wrestling she, community we're learning. I know, right? Mm-hmm. That's Again, a show. Again, it all together. Performance. I didn't know. I was so, well, this is shifting tracks to wrestling, but like I didn't realize wrestling was so theatrical and dramatic until yeah. very you recently. Think you thought it was real. No, I didn't think it was real. I just thought it was silly. I was like, I don't really, I don't really get these stories that just, you know, didn't oh, really no, seem to gel. Oh no, that's part with that me. I like about it. Right. Well, the then it wasn't until I started to watch like a little bit of it. I'm like, all right, I can see the appeal for this. And then it was that show Glow that yes. connected. I'm like, all right, this is actually theater. Yeah. Uh, way more than anything else. Right. Yep. Yeah. I didn't like the macho posturing of it. Just wasn't speaking to me. And yeah. then I was like, oh wait, this is like. Like you said, this is a show. This is just drag of a different kind. This is, again, playing with gender in a very specific way. Yeah, right. That's uh, true. Uh, so now I want some crossovers between all of these communities uh, to occur. Oh, we, we made her a barbarian. Yeah. She's uh, got the um, 
Oh, she literally came into the show and like with a hand, literally with just a handful of feathers in, and she was like the night of the show. She's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with these, but this is going to be part of my costume. And so <laughs> if you look at photos of the show, you can see she's got this um, wild uh, hairstyle of like feathers sticking out of her hair and it's duct taped to her head. Nice. These feathers sticking up out of her, out of her hair. Awesome. Uh, and then yeah. it kept going from there. She actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the feathers everywhere. And nice. yeah. At one point, she embrace it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. So So I told her, like, at one point, she was trying to grapple somebody and was successful. And I was like, okay, and demonstrate for me, like, you've subdued them and show me, like, just a victory pose. And I thought she was just going to demonstrate some, like, muscle pose or something. Uh, And she's like, okay, and she stands up. And now Poyo is a large drag queen. She's like six foot something and wearing enormous platforms. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And <laughs> she tucks and she rolls like on stage. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Don't get go sued. Off Help. Uh, and like springs up into this like pose. And audience goes wild, of course. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was like a wrestling move. Oh, yeah. In a drag queen in a drag show. Drag queen that was show. playing D&D. Oh, yes. Worlds Love colliding. I know, and right? Colliding yeah. and colliding. So many skills at, at work there. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> there were no injuries. Uh, so good. how That's did good the thing. San Francisco and LA cast come about? Because again, let's—you've only been doing this since like September. Yeah, year? yeah, Last about. September, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we just like reached out here to the people I knew in um, Seattle to be like, who's who, you know who would be into this? Uh, and we found a great cast. Uh, and then in San Francisco, we were going down. Oh, it was, um, the Game Developers Conference was happening. Oh, yes. And we're like, okay, let's do a show during GDC and see if that works. Um, and so I used to live there, and so I just reached out to um, Peaches Christ, who uh, does a lot of like horror drag down there, um, and a few Peaches other people. Christ. Yes, uh, <laughs> she's great. She's um, like <laughs> ten seconds later. She's been doing the drag like forever, um, and she had a show. She had like Midnight Mass there uh, that she did with. Um, uh, with uh, oh gosh, uh, Martini and a few other like drag queens who are in the in the community, and so she knows everyone, and so she put me in touch with Heclina, who owns a um, drag venue called Oasis. That's just a dream come true. Uh, she bought this place that used to be used to be a bathhouse, and then it was a car uh, like a garage. Wow! Um, and so the, like the pool of the bathhouse uh, became where they would like go underneath to work on the bottoms of cars, and now that got like filled in and covered up, and now that's where the audience sits. So like there are all these like interesting. If, if this floor yeah. could talk. Uh, <laughs> these stories, uh, but anyway, so we did Oasis, and it was just a dream because um, Peaches and Heclina and everybody got us in touch with the community there and introduced us to. Um, uh, we've got a, a queen on the show named Kai Kai B. Michaels, who uh, Kai Kai is um, uh, a term for when drag queens uh, make out with each other. Uh, oh. So yes, uh, so her name is Kai Kai B. Michaels, and uh, she's a maker, and so she like does a lot of like mechanical components of her costumes. Like she's uh, got a staff that lights up. Oh. I know it's so cool. Uh, and Kitty Powers, who's also in the show, um, is a British drag queen who just happened to be in town for GDC, but we knew her just through the nerd world. And so we invited her. Uh, she's actually a drag queen who runs her own game company. Uh, You're I th- kidding. Yeah, I-, I thought she was just like someone who was hired to be the face of the company. And then it's like, oh, no, she's the CEO. Nice. <laughs> she hired herself to be the yeah. face of her own company. <laughs> Basically. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I love that. So she's the bard in the show. And she's going to be coming back. We're doing another show in San Francisco this month. And so she's coming back she's to be coming in that. Back. At the same place, right? Yep. Yep. Nice. At Oasis. So, so were they oh. D&D players? Kitty had done some because, like, you know, she's a gamer. She runs a game company. She yeah. knows. Um, but everyone else had just sort of, like, they played games. They played some, like, JRPGs. But um, pen and paper, pencil and paper tabletop was... Pretty new to most of them. Yeah. I love well, it. had they, they seen 
have they did they see the first performances yeah. that you had done oh, in yeah. Seattle? And so like that, I love how that one leap that you took in getting this cast together now is going to hopefully have like ripples that continue yeah. for years so and years too. to come, yeah. right? Yeah. And there's other like drag D&D groups now. Um, there's uh, a group in L.A., uh, a lot of other uh, like Dragula people who do like some live streams. Um, and, you know, and the thing that really like crystallized it for me when I was learning and like trying to help other people understand, here's how I think you play. Um, <laughs> James and I were having this conversation about what it means to be a role-playing game. And the two pieces of that, role-playing and game, like, those were the two pieces that I was like, oh, okay, it's a little of this and a little of that. It's a little bit of you make a person and you inhabit that person and you send them out into the world to see what they're going to do. And then it's the game. You have a toolbox of things, skills, and stuff you're good at. uh, And you figure out how to use that role-playing and the game together uh, to make stuff happen. And so that's when we see, like, drag queens doing crazy stuff. Like, um, Harlot was fighting a yeti, and she's like, okay, I'm going to use my slippers of spider climbing to climb up the side of the yeti, jump off of him, grind my heel into his eye to blind him, and then land on the tree next to him and use my light cantrip to light it up like a Christmas tree. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, there's going to be a bunch of rolls, but let's, okay, let's see what happens. They're challenging <laughs> you as a DM. Oh, constantly. <laughs> constantly. They're like, I'm going to do this. And I'm like... I'm looking at my dice and I'm like, what do I do? What, what do I, <laughs> Tell me, dice. Yeah. What, what do I do? Speak to me. Tell me, dice. <laughs> what do I do? But that's so, I mean, what, what I love about that, just a little quick anecdote, is that it involves so much imagination but storytelling. And I knew exactly what was going on from one moment yes. to the next. Mm-hmm. Very, very, it's very easily, right? It's the theatrical Which, side. Yeah. yeah. You can exactly. really, everything is a scene. Yep. And you're really maximizing every encounter there. Yeah. And yeah. that was just one. Uh, event of an entire battle, exactly. right? But it's yeah. so vividly and it's uh, 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 creative in a way that is not just I'm going to hit it with my sword right. again yeah. for the third time. We're very <laughs> careful not to make it like because you know I like that kind of play. I like when you're just like thinking hard about the numbers and rolling the dice and being strategic about like uh, you know basically just surrounding somebody and hitting them with a the sword a million times. Right. Um, but we got a show to put on. So yeah. let's see yeah, what we that's can do. My, what might be fun for the performers might not necessarily be fun for everybody watching right. in that regard, right? So let's make it, yeah, yeah. yeah as, as big as it can be. So that's when we have, like, Arson, for example. Her, she's, uh, she's a warlock, and her pact weapon is a magic wand vibrator. And so... Uh, it's this know, one, right? It's, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the one that's being actually being held aloft in, in some of our podcast art. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, they had a battle in an ice castle, and she realized, like, if she put her magic wand vibrator into, the like, a crack in the ice, she could oh. vibrate the ice apart. Yes. So, you know, that's where we're getting away from just, like, I hit him. Uh, right. You know, I'm yep. Getting, so I can getting create the right frequency to destroy the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the goal. Uh, so you said you're more of a uh, uh, analytical player, or, or you know, as you're, as, and that must come in from you know being in the journalism kind of background and, yeah, and stuff a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah, like I'm very like factual. I'm very just the facts, and so you know, um, it's it's a little bit of a departure for me, and I'm still very new to this. And I'm still like learning, and you know. Every day I'm like I'm on D and D Beyond and I'm reading the articles, which has been really helpful for like understanding classes and stuff. Yeah, they've been um, fantastic that way. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm still learning and um, I, I still kind of like figuring out like as a player like what suits me best. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of it is just figuring out like what is fun about this play style. So if we do like a combat heavy uh, couple of like sessions, what do I like? What's fun about combat? Or if we do like socializing, what's what's fun about that? If we do yeah. exploration, what's fun about the exploration? Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're still kind of like in a, in Trying a it out. process. Yeah. Figuring out like, and what are drag queens good at? 
Uh, turns out they're, they're great at everything. <laughs> yeah, like what aren't they good at? Yeah. Right. So what has the response within the community been? Are, are there more people coming out, more queens coming out saying, hey, I can do that too? Yeah, yeah. There's actually, um, there's been some uh, queens on Drag Race, like uh, Dax Exclamation Point, uh, who are like big nerds. And so we would love to get more of those queens involved. When we did our show in uh, L.A., we actually did a panel at DragCon, which is the Drag Race convention. Uh, and Ben de la Creme was on that, who was like the star, the breakout star of the last All-Star season. Uh, and Ben had never played D&D, uh, but we got her up there and we're like, okay, here you go. You're, you're in an arena and you're fighting a centaur. No, it was a Medusa character. And what do you do? And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to try to shrink her and, you know, all this stuff. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we've, we've got like all these different casts going on. And we've got all these different uh, queens playing. And so we just want to, you know, emphasize like, this is this is for everybody. Like there was a long period where I was sort of like lost in the wilderness. Like, oh no, it's not for me. It's too too many numbers. Uh, right. And you know, you just find the right point of entry, and you're like, oh no, wait, everybody, like everyone can have fun with this. Yeah, and and it doesn't. Well, 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 I feel like we've been saying this over and over again. It doesn't matter what like walk of life you come from. Like you can get something out of of playing a role playing game of some sort, right? Where it's like yeah. you're, you 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 are have a different persona, and then you're playing something that with it requires strategy and, and critical thought. And just those two elements together like have so much power for storytelling and for helping people and getting you out of your head when, mm-hmm. as you said, the world is crashing down around you. But you're like, I just want to, you know. Get the magic sword and yeah. slay the dragon tonight. Do some self with my friends. Tonight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can take it all off. And like this is something Arson said. She's like, just like drag, I could just like take it all off and like go back to my normal life. Uh, but I know, I know what I did. I know I killed a dragon. Yes. Yeah. And everybody and one hundred of my closest friends. Know. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Now they know. Secret is out. Yeah, so what's the audience reaction? Like, who oh. are the people coming to the, the shows? It's been great, and like really like diverse audience, which is like a real pleasure. So um, when we do it at uh, Cremework here in Seattle, and also at Oasis, and when we did it at DragCon, uh, what we're finding is uh, it's a lot of people who. Do not frequently go to drag shows, which is super exciting. Yeah. Really exciting. happy to have folks. It is not, um, it, you know, it's not all one monolithic group of people. Uh, so we're seeing like a really broad cross section of people who, some people who've never played D anD D before and they don't know what they're getting into, but yeah. uh, they know they like drag queens. Uh, other other people are big drag fans and they're like, what are they doing with dice? Okay, I guess I'll go with this. Uh, and you know, other other people just don't go out much to live shows, but they're like, "Well, this I gotta see." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of like all genders, uh, all levels of interest, um, all like ages and backgrounds and things. Um, yeah, it's been a really. It, it's what I like about our audience is you see people together who do not look like they would be at the same show together, right. and yet there they that's are. That's kind of D and D too. Yeah. That's what I like about D and D. Yeah, that's true. Sweet. That's true. Yeah. So we, you know, always want to you know give them a good show. And like at the last show, for example, we had um, a challenge where the queens were assembling s'mores to pass out to the audience. So here you go, everyone in the audience. Here's oh. a little treat. Thank you for coming. Uh, yeah, so, you know, really want to be responsive to the people who are coming to the show. Is there any audience interaction with them other than, like, the s'mores and... Yeah, yeah. So we do, we have a couple things. One is, like, when the queens have advantage or disadvantage, we have giant foam dice and the audience rolls the second die. Oh, oh yeah. that's cool. So uh, often the audience will either save or uh, doom uh, one of the players. Uh, <laughs> we also have paddles that people can hold up to add one or subtract one from dice rolls. Oh. So uh, if someone's... Like, 
like real close. Yes. Oh, you rolled a 12. Uh, someone, you know, people in the audience can get together and everybody can hold their things up and be like, okay, 13, 14, 15. Okay, we're there. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, Jeremy Crawford was telling me about yeah. this and he was like, oh, we got to figure out that he like that. He, that was the one mechanic that he was like, oh, that is so awesome because you get the uh, call and response from the audience mm-hmm. and the performer so much that like wasn't there there was some there's negative ones too that you yes. could also and so if they want to like troll someone would be like oh no you failed that amazing yep. thing and do that exactly because like, it's fun to see people fall on their face sometimes right we just had a combat like on the podcast where um, oh bless their hearts they like <laughs> were getting ready to do this like big combat on a beach defending a cabana and, oh. uh, you know, one of them is like, is there, does the cabana come with a cabana boy? Yeah. And I wasn't planning on it, but I mean, when you ask, now that you've asked, yes. Uh, so <laughs> I had. stakes are changed. <laughs> <laughs> so we generated, like, I just, uh, like, had an NPC there um, who they were going to try to persuade to join them in the fight. And, oh, boy, their plans for, like, conscripting this poor elf into their, <laughs> into their gang, uh, like, their ideas were creative and their roles were terrible. Oh, that's a terrible combination. Yeah. <laughs> but it was super fun to see like them constantly trying, and no spoilers, but constantly trying to get this elf to join them and failing in ways that I could not even have imagined. That's the best. <laughs> you, can't, you can't script that stuff. That's even better. You really can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. Although I kind of wish that you would, that, that James <laughs> would put these adventures up on like DM's Guild or something because I want to play in an adventure where I'm going to be forced to lip sync or to make a costume or to draw somebody. So we Those are, are actually, yeah. we do have plans um, uh, with the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter that we did for the podcast did really well uh, and so we were able to uh, set aside a little bit of resources to hire some artists to el- illustrate an adventure. So this isn't out yet. It's something that's still in the works but oh. we are going to have a playable adventure that people can get and download. No way. That's cool. Um, I like the idea of it too of it being you know, so many of the adventures that our publisher out there are just you can use it however you want. But an adventure that is designed specifically for performance yes. or streaming or something like that. It's like party it's D&D. Like a, yeah, right? That's a great way. Yeah, that's exactly the vibe that we want. Party yeah. D&D. It's party D&D. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, can play Scattergories like or you can play yeah, this. We're going to do like, well, <laughs> we're going to do party D&D tonight. Yeah. We had a challenge in, uh, in the last live show where we had um, – it was basically a spelling bee where they're like they, – they were given like a little passage about like – um, started with a bugbear. Like this bugbear character did so-and-so thing. Uh, but the word bugbear is missing from an inscription. They have to write it in. OK. That's easy. They wrote in bugbear. Uh, next, there was a passage about an aracocra. And so they're like, uh. And so the audience had to like shout out how they think Aarakocra is spelled. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's really good. Those C's and K's, they'll mess you up. That's yes. true. And Lots it, of D and D words. Yeah, the apostrophe. I know, right? Yeah. What's it? Now this dragon name. It's got five <laughs> apostrophes, six X's, thirty-seven consonants a in a Y. Row. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it culminated in Snurfneblin, uh, Swerfneblin, which is Swerf, very hard yeah. to say, let alone spell. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So there's a lot of like clamoring from the audience, like you know, and that felt very much like a party game. Did someone? Yes. Yeah. It would be uh, my dream to then write in deep gnomes. <laughs> that's how you say it that's how you spell it in my world mm, I would mm, as DM I think I would I would have you fail but I would still give you a point of inspiration nice. the way we do inspiration there is um, we have we just treat them like Chuck E. G's tokens where you can like collect them <laughs> and you have them and you can use them it would to, be awesome if like you actually had a ticket machine that like spit out inspiration like at Chuck E. G's we, we literally we have little <laughs> coins and I give them coins little inspiration coins here you go so you remember how many you have yeah. excellent Yeah, uh, we have some extra coins for you that you can add to the rotation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Good stuff. Are yeah. you in costume when you DM? Sometimes. So usually, uh, like, I want the drag queens to be the focus of, you know, the center of attention, so I'm not going to compete with the drag queens. Uh, Are you kidding me? I don't think that's good advice <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> so I'm usually kind of like in a Tweety Professor outfit. We did have, like, a cruise, like, a, it was a mystery set on a cruise ship. Uh, where I was like in a sailor costume, uh, feeling very cute. Oh, Captain, nice. Captain Steaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but usually, no, like, it's all about the queens. Isaac, maybe. Oh. Captain Steaming. I mean, he was like the lead, right? He's he was pretty... the cap. Like, yeah. He was like a. He had the a most dad. romantic things that were going on, though, right? Didn't Captain, Captain Steaming? Like, they know. weren't allowed to interact with. I think they were just the background. They were like, it was always the guests, Doc, right? I guess Gopher, that's true. Isaac. Yeah. I, you know, Gopher was actually my favorite. Crush. Oh. Is that true? And I think it was because his name was Gopher, and I was like, oh, I love animals. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, was probably like five, but. That's Gopher. totally something my girl would do, too. Yeah. Right? She'd be like, oh, he's. I love he, Gopher. <laughs> he likes <laughs> small furry things, just like I do. Maybe he'll like me here. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scooter on the Muppet Show. Scooter's a Gopher. And so I, yeah. I, I always had a sort of affinity for go, for the same oh, reason. See? I like the right? music gopher. He was yeah. like the stage manager. I was I had an affinity for him too because I was like, oh, he, he makes makes what? the show happen. It wouldn't work without Scooter. Oh, and then you grew up to be a stage manager. Exactly. Yeah. You were inspired by Scooter. Now all I need is glasses. Can I borrow your glasses? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be perfect. My favorite thing was when he like, oh, I've got this transistor radio that I've got frozen to my oh, arm. Oh, gosh, yes. It's like right. such a stupid throwaway joke, but I love it so much. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they're not stupid throwaway jokes if you're referring to them 30 years later. They're all true. planned. Jim Henson still, in the writer's room was like, well, we just got to super glue this thing to his wrist and it'll be funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so many of this, like, I mean, you get me talking about Muppets and we'll go, we'll be here forever. It's a whole other podcast. Like, so many of those Muppets things just feel like TV. people playing around and being like, hey, wouldn't this be funny? Yeah. Uh, like, oh, what if we glued a transistor radio to Scooter's wrist? Like kind of an accident like oh, the yeah. glue wasn't dry on something else and then it accidentally picked this up <laughs> like, and, it made them, hey, and it made them laugh on set work. they're like sure yeah. let's shoot it and then <laughs> yeah, we'll cut it in whatever who cares it's the end of the movie <laughs> it's the epilogue anyway <laughs> one day 30 years from now some guy's gonna bring it up <laughs> on a podcast it's gonna, it's gonna oh. resonate with talking about Dungeons and Dragons and drag queens I know he had a dream and it finally occurred <laughs> at last yes the culmination of his vision <laughs> good for you writer on the great Muppet caper Oh, Jerry Jewell. One of my favorites. Was that him? That was Jerry Jewell. Yeah. Oh, nice. So. Not, on, not on Think on Caper, but uh, on the show. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Uh, That's all right. Pulling it from the vault. If you know the writers from, yeah, from Muppets. Yeah, I was a Muppet fan. I know, right? That much. All right we, now we do have to do a whole other podcast on the Muppets. Oh, my God. Uh, we'll get Matt Cernan in here. I know he's a big Muppets fan, so oh that'd we be perfect. We need to get um, the Muppets playing D&D. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay, who would be Can in the Can they party? be in the musical? <laughs> yes, let's bring it all. <laughs> bring it all home. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God! There's like glitter in my like eyes. Yeah, right I got like four light bulbs <gasps> going off. Oh my God! Hi. I feel like Kermit would be the DM. She's clearly a monk. Miss Piggy's a monk. I think karate. I actually saw a list recently where someone did like what character class really? mapped to each one of the Muppets. Hmm. Animals a barbarian. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. Uh, um, uh, Sam the Eagle's Sue. a paladin. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. It's all about like what being about respectable. Uh, Bard probably. Well, you'd want to make all of them bards, but hmm. I feel like yeah. the piano guy. Rolf. Yeah, Rolf, Rolf was the bard. bard. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Fozzie, though? Fozzie? He's like, a comedian. Yeah, right? he's a comedian, so. entertainer, so... Um, waka Waka. <laughs> Gonzo? I mean, would he have hideous oh, he was laughter? Like, as a <laughs> yeah, he was like the warlock. I think I think Gonzo was a warlock. Oh, I can see that. That makes For sure. sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chaotic neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bunsen Honeydew is, of course, the wizard. Yep. Yep. That, that works. Learned. Yeah. That works. Yeah. I don't know what Beaker would be, though. Beaker! Familiar? 
Yeah. Oh, you know, I like that. Yes, yes. He's conjured up, and then he has one hit point because he's always getting... (laughs) Exactly, but he's always there to help. Uh, all right, good stuff. Um, I think uh, I think we're good. I think I feel like we could talk forever about forever. Muppets. Uh, so you have to come and back drag. and let us know, please. Dragon Muppets. Mm. Yep, Muppets and drag. Um, so yeah, you got your your show coming up uh, yep. uh, in July in yep. San Francisco. The San Francisco. Okay. And is that going to be added to the podcast feed? You said. Yeah. Yep. So uh, tickets for that are on sale. They're at queensofadventure dot com. Podcast is at queensofadventure. You can listen and subscribe there. Oh. Uh, and we're on Twitter, of course. So you can find Queens of Adventure uh, on Twitter. Uh, yeah, and so, so that's when's what the about. next show in Seattle? Uh, we're looking, hopefully, at doing one a little bit later around the end of the summer. Nothing's like cast in stone yet, but we've got plans coming up for for lots more live shows here. We're going. Nice. We're going. We're going. Yeah. Nice. Get, get a sitter. Get a get a lip sync song ready. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case there's an audience. There's an audience. Pull you up to lip sync. Okay. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> he can do it. He's the DM, so it's perfect. It'll work. Awesome. What about you? How can people follow you uh, personally as well? Uh, so it's just my name on Twitter, Matt Baum, M-A-T-T-B-A-U-M-E. You can find me there. I also uh, live stream a whole bunch. It's me and my partner, twitch.tv slash prettypixel uh, is our Twitch stream. Uh, and yeah, probably Twitter is the best way to find me. And of course, you know, uh, uh, you can find us through uh, Queens of Adventures. Is, you know, all of our information is on there as well. Queensofadventure.com? Dot com. Okay. All right. Love it. Thank you so much for coming by. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, this was fun. Absolutely. Sweet. Yay. See ya. Yay. Yay. I love Matt. That was such a great interview. That was my favorite thing ever. I love all of the communities coming together and celebrating not just Dungeons and Dragons, but humanity. Yep. Right? Like storytelling. Overlap. And I just love that these fearless creatures are just like, yep, I'll do that. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna do You're it. You're like I always, I'm always, I always say yes. Say yes to a gig. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh wait, this is not just a regular. And you gig. know that it's gonna like, affect them deeply and wonderfully, right? It just, it can't not. Once you get a hundred people uh, uh, in a small enclosed room, like. Hanging on oh, whether or not you're going this. to do a thing, like God, that seems so fun. Yes, and in the the different the audience segments that he was talking about, like all of the different people coming together for this one common thing. Yeah, are you here for the drag queens? Are you here for the D and the D? Right. Are you here are just you, for a good show? Or maybe you just never go out to shows and you go and see this one. That's going to be me. That's good stuff. Yep. Let's do it. I, I'm serious. Next time, oh, we are hundred percent. I mean, we have kids and stuff, so they're you know. Yep. I don't know so. if that'll actually happen. No, it'll but, happen. But I really want to, and uh, we can leave our, our, our stupid spouses at home. But our cool <laughs> our cool spouses we can take we'll with take, us. We'll take, but yeah. the stupid ones are staying home. <laughs> I hate taking my stupid spouse places. Everybody's always like, he's so stupid. He's so dumb all the time. Oh. I know, that's the stupid spouse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my cool spouse, I can bring anywhere. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she brightens up a room, doesn't she? All right, great. I'm going to go eat some sandwiches. Yum. Yeah, which are usually really good. Yeah. Uh, So what's going on in uh, Avalon Hill world? Anything you want to talk about? nonsense. Well, the stuff I want to talk about, but I can't yet. Right. Sorry. It's it's just mayhem over here. There's so many things going on that we can't ever talk about what's really happening. But we can talk about Betrayal Legacy and Access and Allies and Zombies because this fall is just going to be... Heaven for board gamers. Chock full of fun boxes that yeah. will blow up with pieces and stickers and ripping up of things. You spoiled it. Dang it. <laughs> People know that from a legacy game, right? Yeah, They're no, going to be ripping up some there. things. 
It's not a legacy game. Shrinky dinks and color forms. I will tell you, though, I've talked to a few people trying to talk up, like, how cool Risk Legacy was, for example. And the actual process of ripping things, they're like, nope. Because they're they're pristine board games. Yeah, they're like I can't, I can't. I told you something about that. Even people the, who aren't board gamers are like, as soon as you, that seems wrong I know, to me. It does, but you have to get over it. Yeah, right. Because th- it's just a dramatic moment. You can't get anywhere. So else. I told you the the bit of trivia that Rob told me about Risk Legacy because mm. they they had that concern like people aren't going to want to spend a lot of money on a board game and then tear it up and rip up everything. Um, so he they actually put a sticker on the box itself that you can't even open the box until you tear that sticker yeah. and board gamers will like try really hard to like peel the sticker gently off without ruining the box but it's they made it so that you had to destroy the something box. you have to, to. like you're already starting off like you got to get over it man you just got to go right. for it yeah and the whole contract in the beginning that's like what happens here is yes. is real and permanent i think that was very smart too yeah i have one of those copies that, that is still with a sticker game. on it that i'm like waiting for a group to be like but i would play, play that again yeah you want to i play loved it? it nice yeah all right well we'll do that okay yeah because i i want to get more people to love that idea in getting them uh oh. uh trained up for when well, when betrayal legacy comes out then don't waste it on me because i already love it <sighs> all right fine it's just a waste it's just a waste <laughs> <laughs> but we can play Betrayal Legacy soon. Yes, let's do it. Oh, we're going to have so much fun. I'm really excited for it. And uh, Axis and Allies and Zombies. Yes, you People helped play that. People really that. dug it. They in, loved it at Origins. In Origins, yeah. yeah. It was exciting. It was good. I think it was mostly because there was a tank shooting at them at Maybe. The time. Yeah. And because Scott is very passionate when he teaches people. He, he His passion just comes out of him so yeah. much that I think he might be part zombie. He's just like, I will continue to demo this. Like, you've already demoed for like... Seven hours today, right. so we're gonna call it. Your flesh is literally yeah. cu- sloughing off of your I bones. I can do one more I demo. Must brains. No. And you're like, oh, Scott, get out. Your patient zero. Go, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go back to your hotel. Please. Go back to your hotel room, please. <laughs> Don't touch uh, anything. How can people find out more about what is going on in Avalon Hill world? Follow Avalon Hill on the, the social medias, on the Twitters at Avalon Hill 2, the number 2, or me at Shelly Moo. Or find Evelyn Hill on Facebook, Evelyn Hill Games. Nice. Or listen to this fine podcast. That's Because that, we talk about it here, too. It's true. We <laughs> do. Uh, if you want to find out about what's going on in the world of D&D, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com, download Dragon Plus for your iOS or Android device, or check out that content on DragonMag.com. It's on there. Uh, I say this to a lot of people, too. The, the Dragon Plus has our social media feeds all aggregated on Everything the app. Everything you need. Right? So any Facebook post, any Twitter post, uh, it's all on the Dragon Plus uh, thing. So people use it for that as One well. One-stop shopping. Yeah, it's like a little news feed for all of your fun stuff. Uh, I'm Greg Tito. You can find me at Greg Tito, both yes. on the Twitters and on Instagram. There's an underscore in there as well. Oh. Um, but follow uh, Wizards at Wizards underscore DND and uh, follow us on the Facebook or like us on the Facebook. Is yeah. that how it works? The kids yeah. like, they like and they follow on the Go Facebook. check out our subreddits too. They're not ours, they're, they're run by other folks, but there's lots of good stuff happening on the D&D subreddits. Really? Uh, including the D&D Next subreddit and the Dice Camera Action subreddit is super active with tons of interesting content of going of what's going on. That's posted by the characters themselves, the people, the performers oh, themselves. Cool. Yeah, letters back and forth, songs, Snippets of treasure, that type of fun stuff. So go check that out if you haven't already. Cool. All right. I think I think we're out of here. I think we are too. I think all of the rocks are gonna fall on us. Oh my god, no. <laughs> oh, oh.